this is Drew here with my best friend, Derek. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Such a generous, <laughs> warm welcome. Ashley is missing in action this week. She We haven't seen her since we went to a grunge show the other night, so hopefully she's doing all right and we'll be back soon. Meanwhile, you are listening to New Release, a movie podcast with a time-traveling twist. Episode 128. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Derek, um, <laughs> speaking of time traveling, when the heck are we this week? Well, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> That's okay. Just play it. No, I deleted the tab and started playing it. I can edit. <clears throat> when the hell are we this week? Well, well. It's late September, 1992. The weather's cooling off for us to break out our grungy Pendleton plaids and go to some underground rock shows. I swear they have great music at this one place. Okay. Before this was a strip club, it was a pretty happening local bar and we, we uh, oh, the we Rainbow played. Tavern. We played with a lot of bands here, one of which was Green River, who uh, you might know uh, some members because they're in a band called Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam. <laughs> uh, obvious, Tavern, huh? yeah. yeah, obviously we know what's cool, but, uh, you know, should we look at the Billboard Top 100 to see what's actually popular? Yeah, looks like... um. We've got some boys to men, some TLC, some Bobby Brown. Ooh, dude, <laughs> fuck the, yeah. I guess we're the opposite <laughs> of what you might expect based on the content of this episode and that clip you just heard. So a lot more R&B than, than grunge. Uh, I want to love you. Charts. From Jade. Nice. Genesis. Hmm. Billy Jump Ray around. Cyrus. Achy breaky heart. Come on. Yeah, anything else jumping out at you? Baby Got Back. It's been on the chart for, charts for 24 weeks. <laughs> Sir Mix a lot <laughs> going strong. <laughs> Let's see if we can find, can we find any uh, grunge music? Any indie rock? Friday, I'm in love by The Cure. Okay, yeah, that counts to some degree. Shout out to Oliver. Does he like The Cure? <laughs> oh, yeah. The Soup Dragons, they sound cool. <laughs> Red Hot Chili Peppers, heard of them. Uh, we're all the way down Vogue. in the 30s now. Oh, yeah, you were in the 30s for The Cure. I see him now. Real Love by Mary J. Blige, baby. And Nothing's more hardcore than Celine Dion. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I got one for you, Derek. All Number right. 60. You see that one? Boot scootin' boogie. <laughs> yeah, baby. <laughs> this is a great uh, month. Right? Billboard? Yeah. Top 100 goes by month. Well, no, I mean this is a weekly list, so every week. Okay, so each there's some changes, nice. but this is the the top 100 for the week of. Uh, what do we late, late September 1992? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the week of uh, September 13th through 19th in 1992. Cool. So yeah, that's um that's the Billboard Top 100, but what's showing at the multiplex? This is a movie podcast, most of all. <laughs> well, of course, there's a lot of options. Um, we talked about school ties last week, a private school football drama with a cast of teen stars, a sort of screwball comedy starring Kurt Russell as a boat captain. I want to let's go see that. Those are two different things. And by we, you mean Ashley and I. True, because <laughs> I was I was MIA. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm glad you're back from the boiler room. You missed the ultimate weather daddy uh, oh, <laughs> movie. <Christ>. So <laughs> I'm glad you I'm, I'm glad you escaped. I'm glad to be back. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and it seems like we're playing tag team with Ashley and I this season. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which works for me. So school yeah. ties was an interesting choice based on the cast, but it's set in the 50s. And then Captain Ron is just a little too zany for my taste for the most part. So anything else? 
how about this indie drama set in the North Pacific Northwest music scene? Okay, okay. Um, I'm looking at the poster right now, and it looks like a, I don't know, uh, it, what do you call it? The CD cover or CD booklet that you can kind of unravel and unfold. Yeah. Right. Definitely. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of black and white ish and starring Bridget Fonda, Cam Campbell Scott, Kira Sedwick, Matt Dillon mm-hmm. singles. Um, I don't know. This this kind of looks looks all right. Love is a game. Easy to start. Hard to finish. Wow. Deep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this this looks like a fun uh, kind of laid back movie. I do like the setting in the Northwest since it's near and dear to our hearts. Nothing mm-hmm. says fall season like 19 early 90s in Seattle. So, yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Let's go. All right. I got us some tickets. Let's do it. What happens when the right person refuses to give in? Four days he waits to call me. Did I overreact? Do you know who this is? Now from the creator of Fast Times at Ridgemont High and Say Anything comes the comedy guide to survive being single. Hi, Sandy. Just calling to make sure you're okay. She's okay. Bridget Fonda, Campbell Scott, Kira Sedgwick, and Matt Dillon. Singles, directed by Cameron Crowe, rated PG-13. Starts Friday, September 18th at a theater near you. Yeehaw. All right. First off, I mean, we're we're fresh out of the movie. We might be enlisting another caller soon to that was more plugged into the music scene at this time. But this is a real time capsule movie. The soundtrack is seems mainstream now. Like the, the bands like Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden were are like some of the most famous rock bands of all time now, but I think they were a little more underground at the time. Maybe this mystery caller can help us answer that question. Who's there? Yes, uh, yeah, I think I can help, uh, Drew. <laughs> it is Mark. Hello, this Mark. is a fan of the podcast, yes. a friend of the podcast. Mark, welcome. Yes, yes uh, th- these uh, bands weren't really known from uh, anything but like Rolling Stone or, you know, they, they were on... Uh, um, what's the name of that place? <laughs> Saturday Night Live. Oh yeah, you know that's the only sure. Place you could see them, so uh, you know there's a lot of mystery about them. That's why they could, you know, dangle two minutes of uh, you know, uh, you know, each band, and that was good for the whole movie. Right. Yeah, the- when and when you're saying Rolling Stone, are you talking about like the mat? You're talking about the magazine, of course. Yeah. Is there anything Opposed to what? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No other Rolling Stone. Yeah, and uh, what's his face? The guy that uh, produced it, of course. I mean, yeah, whatever directed it, Cameron Crowe, Cameron Crow, right? Yeah, he, yeah, he's he still writes for uh, Rolling Stone at this point. And at he juncture, and he produced or, or wrote <laughs> or directed what? Almost Famous, um, Almost Famous, the... Say Anything, Jerry Maguire. Yeah, yeah. We bought a zoo. Just all the. <laughs> <laughs> all the classics yep. he he married does have to nancy wilson yeah for yep. almost 30 years yeah that's some you know, serious cred. <laughs> so mark um we wanted we wanted to have you on because you love music probably even more than than you love movies and we were all watching yeah. this this movie together and i got the impression that you were a little disappointed by the fact that it was more of a love story than a <laughs> than a music movie or yeah yeah sure i've always kind of known that was the case uh you know in the beginning i was able to accept it you know because you get the little tidbit of you know ed better you know and, mm-hmm. and uh, the boys and they do have kind of a personality um but they only did show a couple bands and it was pretty quick each one right Alice in Chains and uh Soundgarden, and they didn't yeah. necessarily pick the best songs either. Ritual's good song, but you know they had another five or six songs that were more popular or sold more. Yeah, yeah I'm, you... I'm kind of with you on that, Mark. By the way, um, 
mm. an awesome kind of introspective or kind of just a glimpse into like the grunge scene, but turning it into a love yeah. story movie, I don't know. Yeah. It's just background. It was for the little, most part. It, it was a bit bittersweet because they kept going back to um, you know, Mother Love Bones big hit, uh, <laughs> Chloe Dance or whatever. Uh, you know, they kept playing that every time that the theme of uh, the love thing, you know, theme came back during the show or movie. You saw that, you know, he, he kept saying, and that was Andrew Wood, and you know, Andrew died like two, three years before that movie was made, or you know, oh, shit. you know, the whole story about how Andrew died, and that's why they brought Eddie up from San Diego. That's the whole reason Pearl Jam started because Eddie, uh, because Andrew died, uh, and Stone Gossard and uh, Jeff Amend, Amend, yeah, he's in. Uh, they were both in Mother Love Bone and were now in, you know, obviously in Pearl Jam. So. Did did you um did you learn about any of these bands when you first saw the this movie, or is the other way around? You were already into this music, and and this movie just kind of highlighted some stuff you already liked. Not this most recent this time, time, but when you originally watched it. Um. Well, I originally bought the soundtrack first. Oh, yeah, okay, nice. Within the first month it came out, probably, yeah. and then uh, then rented it as soon as it came. Never saw it in the theaters, but rented it as soon as it came out on the you know VCR. Yeah, VHS, yeah, baby. <laughs> VHS, <laughs> yeah, whatever. I forgot where we are and who we are. Yeah, well, well time, um, time travel can kind of muck with your your head a little bit, so it's okay. Oh, exactly. Oh. Sure. <laughs> I'm, 92 the, was a good, you know, part of my life. Though that was after I got out of college, had some money, and we we're meeting <clears throat> people who like to go to my high rise and party. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of fun. Hell yeah, a lot of fun. Yeah, what, that was in the DC area. I don't know. I don't know if you have the the full soundtrack handy or in in your hand. I know. I know you still own still own it. Do you? I mean, we were looking at the the track list with our friends Oliver. Uh, who you know yep. as well and yep. he's just like these are he likes some of these bands you know how much of a snob he is in general but <laughs> a music snob right but he this is not like maybe these bands have gotten too famous since the movie came out but these aren't are there songs you love still from from this soundtrack um well would that Allison Chain song, the first one they, you, uh-huh. know, you know, if yep. I would, would you? That that's the, one of the Allison Chain's top five hits. Okay, okay. So that makes it really strong. That album really strong to begin with. That they put that on. It was on another album earlier, obviously, but the yeah. fact that they put that on singles made it pretty cool. And I never had heard it really, except right. maybe on the radio. and never put it together. Sure. And like Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam to me, like as, you know, 35 year old in 2022, um, those bands like I've never listened to because there's just yeah. some sort of stigma to them. But you're saying yeah. that that's kind of silly. Yeah. Well, I mean, not necessarily. You have to remember those guys are all my age. So I, they're all my peers. Or I said, well, not rock and roll peers, but, you know, humans that are my age that I, you know, respect. You know, it's a different situation, you know, with it, with rockers your own age, I think. All those guys are my age. Right. Uh, all, led, well, led some of our lives, oh. for sure. Yeah, and I feel like, Mark, you and I have listened to Alice in Chains, and I've been rocking out with you to that, so. Yeah. Every once in a while. I have a, a few of their uh, discs, you know, they're good. Uh, but they have a little bit of a downer vibe. A lot of people don't like it. You have to be in the right mood for it. And you know, Eddie, uh, the, the the guitar Jerry Cantrell and uh, Lane Staley, they sing together like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> you know, some kind of a creepy, you know, like Ozzy stuck in the, you know the wrong gear type creepy way. You know, I don't know. I Nailed it. Wow, it's like we have them on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't tell my said that. Uh, I don't know where this is going out to. This is the, the new release cafe only. Hopefully, it's going straight to Pearl Jam's. Uh, yeah, <laughs> doorstep. <That's perfect. laughs> um, they, they, yeah, they'd like it probably. Sure. Yeah, 
They're well, handsome. Uh, they look really young and handsome in that thing. And I got to, you know, I got to think, you know, I was just that age when, those, when I was watching it, too. You know, it's kind of cool. The whole nostalgia thing is heavy. Yeah, really that's, that's what I was going to ask you about. I mean, the, we, we would be delusional if we didn't think a big part of what we're doing on, on the podcast in general is kind of reveling and our sure. nostalgia for sometimes it's like yeah. things that are even before our formative years when we're watching 80s yeah. movies and we were you know just a couple years old it's not like we grew up in in that time period but for you this is like like you're saying this is like a formative uh time in your life and seeing these like even if you knew some of the music like seeing them in this other context sort of acting Right. sort of playing themselves but also kind of being peers with the the aimless adults in the movie somewhat aimless yeah it's it One must have been fascinating on television for an advertisement was the scene where he modifies the, the her volkswagen or whatever with the sound system right and he turns <laughs> yep. it up and everything else down on the street and that, <laughs> that's chris, chris cornell standing next to him doing nothing but kind of nodding at oh shit and a lot of people thought that, you know, that was the fun, one of the funniest things, too, that they did. You know, I feel like a lot of people do theaters, I think. Right. There's like, shit, that's Chris Cornell. He's actually in this movie, too? Yeah. And it's about rock and roll? Maybe I should go. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to play it later. You but that yeah. Did you see the clip of Nirvana that I sent you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it came across like snobs. And, uh, you know, Dave Grohl was the only one who was like, well, you know, it's really just a love story, you know, right. <laughs> in Seattle. It's kind of cool. The other two were like, oh, you know, we don't want to be mainstream, like man. I don't want to be in a film. Uh -huh. Oh, yeah. We wouldn't want to do that. We want people to like us. Well, Cobain's like burping a baby, like an infant. Yeah, <laughs> he's got Francis Bean on his. He's got Francis yeah. Bean doing whatever there. Yeah. Yep. She looks uh, not attractive. That's not an attractive baby. Well, those two wow. Fine and the or, oh, this is going out. Sorry, I forgot. Oops. <laughs> it's got, yeah, she's one of our top listeners as as well, I'm sure. Oh, shit. Yeah. Well, I apologize yeah. in advance. Yeah, you should. Uh, we need her to keep listening. <laughs> Do you? Yep. Before before we let you go, Mark, do you want to say anything I really don't want to let Mark go. <laughs> I know. What are we going to have to say about the movie? You can... um, it turned me on to a couple of other bands I never heard before, like Screaming Trees, that one song on that they I, you know, I Nearly Lost You, Darren, Darren, Darren. I nearly mm -hmm. lost you. That's a good song. Uh, always, but that's a strong song that came out right around the same time. So they did manage to get some Seattle bands that had hits, you know, on it. Uh, and I could find, you know, for every negative one like you found with Nirvana, I could find, a, you know, a couple of them talking about it, uh, you know, at least a couple of years ago with Gray Harris saying they're glad they're in, involved. <laughs> no, well, I, I thought it I think it's a really charming movie as long as you're mm. looking, watching it as like a character study, a light yeah. rom-com sure. instead of like a music doc or something it's right. it's the music is just additive scene like scenery like it's and the setting the seattle setting as well is is super cool like just seeing the architecture seeing the the market like seeing the views of um of the of the water like there's some some Here, iconic I, locations I in like the background trying to capture a lot of that myself you know that he is trying to find the best parts of it to make it look good it was kind of a love affair his love affair for seattle he was huh yeah great. yeah it's it's interesting and then, as and oh, the, the characters are just like uh okay i'm having a rough day let's go out to his show and then it's kind of like mm. how they introduce you know some of the characters introduce the music into it it's it's yep yeah it's it's like a not a day in the life, but a week or a month or years in the life of a person that lives in Seattle. It's kind of interesting. Sure. A couple of the characters that throw away is like, uh, what's his name? The, the, one of the more famous actors is at the end of the billing. I forget his name. Uh, he played kind of the, uh, he was trying to impress that girl all the time. What's his name? <laughs> Campbell Scott? Dylan? Dylan? 
Oh, Matt Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. Matt Dillon? Matt Dillon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He seemed like, you know, it was like kind of an afterthought that he was just having a good time making the movie kind of thing. Yeah, you know? he was chill as fuck. Well, uh, no, 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 I'm, I'm getting there's a... a couple of scenes that were impressive, but maybe not. I don't know. I just wasn't that impressed. <laughs> oh, you well, got me the... going on really critiquing it. Jesus. God. No, that's what it's we do here. That's what we do. That's what we do here. No, the, I think the characters were meant to be cliches. The main the main guy with his super train dreams was somewhat of an everyman uh, likable right. guy, but right. everyone else, like the dude with the, the beret and the goatee, everyone had terrible goatees. Matt, Matt Dillon's hair was cool, but then when you see him alongside the actual rock and roll um, characters... He, he looks, looks like, like a, a parody of them. He looks like, yeah, like exactly. he's doing, yeah. And he yeah. talks, and he talks in complete pretentious uh, nonsense. He tries to give that one interview yeah. about, you know, what I am Dick. What's the name of their their non-hit song? Uh, Touch My Dick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Dick is the band. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah, a poster on one of the, song. there's, yeah, there's a poster on one of the doors in the film. <laughs> Citizen Dick. Yeah. <laughs> right, that's his band name, but he explains right. like their single um <laughs> hold my dick and he's like, yeah, I guess yeah. it could mean I'm touching you or you're touching me uh, whatever <laughs> whatever way you want to interpret it. And it's yeah. yeah, he he's he's definitely a caricature of maybe because they have real bands in the movie, none of the yeah. performers were going to pretend to be <laughs> uh, their peers they were going to pretend to Crow has just done so much uh, you know writing about all these people he feels he can you know, throw it out there for the hell of it right I don't know yeah and he obviously he had a long time yeah he was obviously able to wrangle all these I mean even if they weren't superstar level performers yet they had uh, other stuff going on I guess it's just like the film business is always pretty or being in a movie is always going to be a pretty big draw. So yep. he was able to get all these people into, into the movie and none of them embarrass themselves. Like they all are yeah. doing a good job of playing versions, versions of themselves. I, I thought that none of them were distracting. I may have seen it at Stony Brook and done not even remembered it, but that's <laughs> yeah. another that's another podcast in its entirety. Okay, sure. sure. We'll, we'll sign. Where's I wrote wrote that down. We'll we'll sign sign you up for that one. Okay. Right on. All right, Mark. Well, thank you for for joining. Uh, um, we'll I don't definitely want Mark find. To go, but I know you don't. But that just means you're going to have to talk more. Uh, the bus I, is going to take me to the uh, pub soon, so I'm going to check that out. Yep. All maybe, right, man. Maybe we'll catch you there. Uh, thank you for joining. We'll find plenty more movies. This is your, this is your heyday. It turns out 1992. This is the sweet spot. So we'll we'll have you back for another another film that makes sense soon. I'm sure. Have you done Have you done Sleepless in Seattle? No, we have not done that. Done that, that yet. That is close to the same time, right? Yeah, I think it's definitely early 90s. It might be. 1993. Uh, I've never seen off. it. I was thinking yep. about that. Maybe I'll just watch it myself and get back to it. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Cool. Nice talking with you guys. Be Mark, good. Be thank well. you so much for joining, dude. Peace Thanks. and love. All right. Peace bye. and love, baby. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, that Whoa. was a fucking treat. Yeah. Oh. oh. Now Hell we don't yeah. have to worry about getting names right or saying <laughs> yeah. anything about the bands. And holy shit, we got some uh, stuff that I didn't even know about the film that, you know, s some of the background behind some of the artists yeah. that were featured in the film. So that's, uh, Mark is just a well of fucking history, data. For sure. Information. For sure. So let's, let's just talk about the how this movie works as a romance or whatever you want to call it. It reminds me yeah. a lot of, of swingers. So that's Favreau and Vince Vaughn just kind of yeah. riding around Hollywood. They're, you know, at the same juncture in their life where they haven't, it's kind of, it's kind of weird actually in singles. Some of the 
characters have really good jobs. Like the guy that works for the Department of Transportation, he's not having success getting his super train off the ground, <laughs> but he's got like a good stable job. And so yeah. does uh, his love interest, Kira Sedgwick. She works for a nonprofit and seems to be s- stable. The other, the woman who's kind of uh, desperate to fall in love, to find love, the redhead, she's like a marketing executive. Mm-hmm. So they're not all, and then a couple of the characters work at a coffee shop. But it is this time in your early 30s. How old do you think they're supposed to be? 20s, late, late 20s. 20s. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a time in their lives where they're either looking for everyone's kind of looking for a relationship and mm-hmm. just failing in various ways. So that seems to be the central thrust of the movie is are any of these people going to pair up? And did you Oh, and we do have a clip from the character that uh, meet the the two kind of main characters meeting at a club. That'll give us a little taste of the music scene. I could just leave you alone, B. I could come up with an actor, C. I could just be myself. I chose C. What do you think? I think that A, you have an act. Uh-huh. And that... B, not having an act is your act. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and then he just kind of walks off and that's then a, they meet not the again at a, they... a newsstand. Yeah. Fortunately. <laughs> yeah. How did you like the I mean, did you like this as just a hangout light romance movie? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Yes. Um, comparing it to Swingers is is a good comparison, but also kind of just, I guess you would call it the filmography or the way that they shot it was a bit more unique than a lot of films that I'm used to seeing. Um, some close-ups on some of the, you know, <clears throat> if a girl's talking to this guy and she's very obviously um, into the dude and he's not, uh, I, don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but Yes, uh, I liked the the approach that they were going for, and, and went for, and did successfully. Well, they do. Crow is known sort of for his funny and earnest dialogue. Oh, yeah. So they do all these breaking the fourth wall characters talking directly to the camera moments. I think that's mm-hmm. what what you're talking about. They even do some sort of flashback reenactment moments where the characters in previous relationships or as kids are like learning out, learning how babies are made. That's one scene where one of the kids is learning on a playground about insemination. So there's, there's definitely some, some humor in those. It's just, it's like a feel good, lighthearted, comedy for the most part and the other movie that probably gets uh paired with this a lot is well a lot of link lighter movies like slacker and then the the before sunrise just like hangout movies uh, dazed and confused where just like capturing a vibe of a of a time in your life or a time and place this is a, a total just hangout vibe movie yeah and, yeah for yeah. sure yeah, but but also reality bites that has like Winona and Ben Stiller and Ethan Hawke, and they all represent these different archetypes of a certain time period, Gen X types, and you know, one's the sensitive artist, one's the like kind of plucky uh, person that's trying to the plucky artist that's trying to get their reality show off the ground, and then Ben Stiller's like the corporate. Uh, stodgy corporate stiff who you know that which is forms sort of a, a love triangle between ethan hawks loser poet sensitive kind of but super cool <laughs> type yeah, and then stellar's like you know boring suit wearing executive type um and then you know what winona 
probably really wants is is somewhere in between. So you're calling this what a chill romantic com? Or well, what's the term that I, you're using? Com- I, I, I mean, haven't heard of that before. So I mean, I don't know that it's an official term. I'm, <laughs> it's it's just a hangout movie where yeah, hangout you have an movie. ensemble of character, an ensemble cast, and the central plot are the various romances. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the only real through line is uh, so like cra- crashing and... wouldn't be a hangout movie. <laughs> crashing, yeah, with uh, Natalie Portman. Crash, blank, blank. You know what movie you're talking about? Black Swan. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful girls. No, I'm surprised you don't know this. Crashing came out in 2007. Um, Anyway, it's uh, about couples that are kind of experiencing or experimenting with um, threesomes and stuff like that. Oh, I, well, and it also stars one of these actors, Campbell Scott, apparently. <laughs> yeah. He's I haven't seen this. Yeah, it's there's so many things called crash or crashing or crash. <laughs> yeah, that, I'm not going to hold that against you. That I might have might have overlooked it. Yeah, I, I, but, I don't know. Yeah. I, I had a fun time. I yes. had a fun time just hanging out with these characters. I mean, that's, exactly. that just seems to be the word I keep coming back to. Yeah. So I think we're coming up with a new term if it doesn't already exist. Yeah. A hangout movie where you just kind of just hang out and watch it and you're not experience, you know, you're not expecting anything too crazy to happen, but you know, you're learning about the characters and getting interested in one or two or all of them. Yeah. Right. All the right. stakes are low. I mean, it's yes. it's a will yeah. they won't they work things out? There's some contrived moments where he doesn't call her for four days, and that creates a conflict that probably could have been easily avoided. But that's such a probably accurate rom com uh, trope that how long should someone wait to call or or text and. Sure playing games with the opposite sex when you're in the the courtship phase the best one of the standout moments in the movie i don't know if you were familiar with this from like uh, retro instagram accounts and stuff but these dating videos that people made in the 80s and early 90s it's i've seen (laughs) mostly the ones featuring guys like you would send in your video and they would compile it into a tape so one (laughs) of the characters in this movie is participating in this uh, find your perfect match. I forget exactly what it's called. Uh, find your match dating videotape dating service. Yeah. And she makes the most unbelievable video I've ever seen <laughs> with her flying, <laughs> flying through the skyline. It's got like, you know, she, she cruises past the space needle. It starts with a, a remake of the shower scene from psycho and then transitions somehow into her just like the uh, superimposed over the Seattle skyline flying flying parallel to it it's it's high art for the videos because we see other people just kind of like at the gym doing um uh, doing chest chest uh uh chest when you pull the two weights together in the middle <laughs> butterflies yeah, or something I, I don't know what that's called either <laughs> anyway her video was uh awesome but unfortunately yeah. it doesn't actually work out for her because her roommate snags the guy that she was supposed to go out on a date with and she lost a bunch of money on that post-production and the bike that she bought man she bikes all all around town <laughs> on her highlighter green trek so we get to see some some cool footage or some cool biking footage of the yeah. of Seattle. Uh, I just thought that adds to the the music, the scenery, and the yeah. writing, uh, and the video techniques you're describing of kind of like the monologuing where they're literally talking to you. Just all makes this feel like a very personalized movie, very yeah. quaint and very easy to. Hang like the characters, even though they're not doing anything that special. And yeah. they have flaws. I mean, there's so we talked about the main characters kind of romance. They end up 
getting together at the end. And then there's Matt Dillon, who's the kind of the loser rocker guy who is pursuing, well, he's blowing off Bridget Fonda's character, who is uh, also kind of at a, at a unsuccessful point in her life where she's just working at a coffee shop. I was really worried that her character was just going to keep uh, rolling over and waiting for him to come around. But her character arc is that she realizes she's doesn't need him. Yeah. And then he has to come crawling back to her without her getting breast implants. Fortunately, <laughs> we did get some good computer footage of like her pressing the number nine repeatedly on the keyboard to make the, the, computer-generated boobs grow in size. That was, I'm sure, how the procedure worked. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I I enjoyed I enjoyed this movie. I yeah same. enjoyed the music as as background. It certainly I kind of went into the movie ready and watching it with Mark, of course, focusing extra hard on the music, and that's probably not necessarily the the best approach, <laughs> but if you're not really focusing on that, it's totally additive to the experience, just having cool music, um, cool, like really famous in hindsight, popular music permeate the movie throughout. So yeah, yeah it it's a good time. You had mentioned, uh, and I'll wrap this up real quick, but you mentioned it's kind of like a time capsule and you, you do get just kind of a glimpse into Seattle life with singles or rather folks that are in and out of relationships and it's a hangout kind of getting to watch these characters do you know uh have sex fall in love you know uh have flings and stuff in like this music scene so succeed yeah. fail at their career yeah. all very relatable normal people problems yep and it's just nice to nice to see other people that are exactly <laughs> like you sometimes <laughs> all right well that is it for the first part of our discussion of singles thanks again to mark for joining Thank we you, needed a music expert to yeah. do justice to this movie yep but now we are going to quickly move into our favorite segment of the podcast a little something called rank the blank Derek do we have a sponsor that ties into the movie perfectly this week we have an official fake sponsor and okay. I better tie they, they forced me to play this five ounces of milk make every three quarter ounce craft single taste better how do they do that well the mommy cow sprinkled some milk into the cheese till it got real big and she ironed got real smooth. More milk means better taste, mm -hmm. and every three-quarter ounce craft single is made from five ounces of milk. Excellent. Unlike imitation cheese, made mostly with oil and water, milk makes craft singles taste better. K-R-A-F-T. Bye. See ya. Wow. Thanks to a major corporation like Kraft for fake sponsoring us this week. Derek, do you, do you understand why they wanted to be on this episode specifically? Uh, is this a trick question? No. <laughs> yeah, because you craft relationship you craft relationships with a C, but if you do it with a K, then you're extra quality. <laughs> incredible, almost an incredible answer. The um the answer I was looking for is they're called singles. Ah shoot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. So I guess All it right. wasn't. I guess it was a trick question. Good for you for uh, getting that <laughs> fake sponsor this week. Yeah, that was that was smart. All right. Well, rank the blank is where we pick a topic inspired by the week's movie and rank our personal favorites. Right, this right. week's topic: best song or band from the soundtrack of singles. We have talked a lot about the music. We kind of got Mark to answer this question. Or what did he say? Did he have an answer to to his favorite song from this? I wanted him to answer, but I'm not sure he picked one. He had mentioned... Uh, he said Alice in Chains. The first yeah, track. he also mentioned Ritual, but it's actually Birth Ritual. So I do have to spot 
or <laughs> check him on that. But okay. you mentioned a ritual from Soundgarden. Um, and it sounded like he dug that one. So I'm going to say that birth ritual from Soundgarden is his favorite. Well, if you don't mind me asking, you were six years old, I guess. What were you listening to in 1992? A lot of grunge? Um, definitely achy, breaky heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, some, some Shania Twain. No, I've, I don't remember. Probably. It's, oh, actually, I, I do remember putting on like a Batman vinyl. Batman um, forever? Like the, no. Just, just from a rose? <laughs> no, the Batman soundtrack <laughs> on vinyl. Wow. But, okay. So that's probably the first, uh, aside from oldies radio. Yeah. Well, we were, these bands were obviously still super active when we were getting into music. It wasn't like oh, yeah. our peak music period like like it was for for mark in terms of him right. being an adult and knowing his tastes and and everything but uh, garden oh, he... black hole sun was a big song for me growing up yep yeah Definitely. black hole blam we <laughs> don't have copyrights for it so i'm not gonna sing it you can sing it but he else. also mentioned screaming trees which i've never heard of yeah, I guess the reason we're stalling is because we've got 13 songs to choose from from the soundtrack, and we've got some of the most famous bands of all time, like Pearl Jam and and Mother Love Bone. <laughs> Never heard of them. <laughs> but in Smashing Pumpkins. But like none of these songs, I thought going into the movie, I was going to be like, oh, man, this will be really easy. We can go one by one. We can rank all of them like we did for, for lunch movies. <laughs> no. I don't have strong opinions on very many of these. So Same. Same. I did listen. I did listen to the whole soundtrack a couple times to just see what was like jumping out at me. Sure. And so we're going to we're not going to rank all of them. We're just going to yeah, pick one each. and rank those i suppose yeah i'm thinking let's just listen to a couple of or a few seconds of each one and then i guess yeah. figure out i what... thought i yeah i i kind of have like a top three or four and and we have some right. clips like yeah did you yeah. know this this love monger song battle of evermore <laughs> no let's listen to it though <laughs> I wanted to like this one. You wanted to like it? Well, it just had a different sound. And a female vocalist. Alright. Battle of no Evermore. <laughs> Great song. Oh, there we go. Okay. Kind of has like, like a Fleetwood Jefferson Mac. Airplane. Yeah, Fleetwood Mac, Jefferson Airplane. All right. So <laughs> that's all right. So that one stuck out to you. Yeah, that one stuck out to me. This Paul Westerberg song. Um, this is the lead singer. This is from our discussions with Oliver, the lead singer of The Replacements. But his direct Oliver's quote was, I can't even recommend these Paul Westerberg songs. So, but we can. <laughs> Waiting right, for let's, somebody. Let's let's listen to it. <laughs> I can see why it doesn't like down, it. Down. All right. This might be my choice. Because it makes me think of the movie. All right. So I think that probably progresses into the same thing. Yep. The entire song. Well, let me just double check. Yeah, there's actually a couple of different, yeah, harder rock points in the song. Cool. All right. I mean, that, okay. I like that one. I feel yeah. like it, I mean, I've definitely heard it before. All right. And there's, there's a Smashing Pumpkins song on the soundtrack that this would have been Oliver's choice uh, if he had one. And it's definitely of just looking down the names of the bands. I probably had the the most yeah, of a relationship listening to Smashing Pumpkins 
of any of these bands growing up for sure. What a doozy. I mean, this. I mean, this is really good. This style of music, this. Any hearing any Smashing Pumpkin song immediately takes me back. So. And. It's going to be near the top for me as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, again, I was talking, you know, when Mark was on, when I think of Smashing Pumpkins or Alice in Chains, I don't know what it is, but I just have this like, ugh, kind of thought. And that's well, that's really good. Like that this is legit. Yeah, I don't know you, I don't know why I have it's You didn't kind grow of, up listening to pumpkins? No, I mean of course, you know, a couple of their hits, but because I know what you mean for Pearl Jam, like the biggest band of all time. <laughs> but but no, but like I don't I, I still see I still see Smashing Pumpkins as uh, a cool band like they they okay. were cool when i was growing up pearl jam i i know what you mean they were like immediately when once i was aware of them they were way too successful to ever be cool in my eyes like okay but maybe I'm lump- for sure maybe i'm lumping the the smashing of the pumpkins into the chains of alice yeah maybe that, that was a failed joke but that's okay <laughs> <laughs> any anything uh you want to call out before we pick our our final uh, choices i mean honestly i didn't even really fucking r- realize that that Jimi hendrix had a song in in this movie they actually talk about him they show like when the one uh main character is uh has her at her apartment they're like listening to his albums and they put on that Jimi hendrix song it's like a very low-key Hendrix song you wouldn't yeah, even guess... really know it if they weren't talking about it or I wouldn't have known it yeah so I guess that would be the one that I would call out just because okay. I love Jimi Hendrix and I know that Mark does as well so I guess I'm just going to play a little bit of it and okay. of course this is not I don't feel like this should be a contender because this is just outrageously way better than <laughs> all of the music I, this specific song or Jimi Hendrix I mean, oh dude there's just so much going on so i i don't think it should be a contender but that that's one that stuck out to me even though i forgot that it was in the film (laughs) well we haven't done a music related rank the blank for a while i don't think and what we we did one like really early on and what we always learn is people can never agree on music it's like the most subjective uh, yeah. taste driven thing. Like, I don't think that song's better than Smashing Pumpkins, but if you think it's like in a whole different league, then that's fine. But since it's just two of us <laughs> having to agree on the ranking, then yeah, yeah. we're just gonna have to do like a top a top three. So let's just throw that in there. Uh right. let's throw Smashing Pumpkins with Drown and then Waiting for Somebody, Paul Westerberg, because I feel sure. like that one okay. best captures the feeling of the movie. If I had to pick one song yeah. off the soundtrack to say like this rep, this is this is the vibe of singles, it would be waiting for somebody. Sure. The other I, ones are I'm, a little I'm following your lead more here. of a more <laughs> of a bummer. I'm not gonna lose, you're not gonna lose. So um I yeah, I'm good okay. with that. So all right, we have a three way tie. <laughs> now we have waiting for somebody i'm gonna i'm gonna give that number one sure and smashing pumpkins next or okay. we can yeah. throw oliver a bone yeah um he's not gonna listen to this but yeah, let's, let's bone. throw let's throw him a, a lover mother <laughs> a mother loving bone all right and then jimmy hendrix rounding out the top three what a 
I mean, there is some great music in this 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 movie, obviously, and yeah, it was just it was enlightening to me that I didn't immediately like know more of it or didn't have like a personal connection with more of it than I thought I I thought I would have a deeper connection with some of the songs on this, and I really had to stretch to find them. Sure, stretching is good. Sure is. All right. Well, thank you, Craft Singles, for fake sponsoring this week's Rank the Blank. Very special episode. Now back to our feature presentation. Okay, this is where I would ask Ashley what the audience, what the critics, what the world was saying about Singles, the movie. But fortunately, we have the next best thing to Ashley, Kurt Cobain. So <laughs> let's uh, let's just ask Nirvana what they th- thought of this movie. All right. A few years down the road, it's just, it's just kind of Well, you know, ridiculous. apparently everyone that's seen it has pretty much said it's basically just a love story. And it really doesn't, it's just a love story that takes place in Seattle. And it doesn't really have... It's, it's a not, rock and roll movie with heart. Right. Yeah. It's a Harder documentary. It. It's Harder in it? Heart documentary. Really? Do Zeppelin All right. Uh, rest in peace, Kurt Cobain. Um, if yeah. that was his kid which I believe it was. Um, hope that they're doing good. Also, yeah, fuck that. <laughs> well, it's funny. I mean, they, they're, yeah, they're, they're right. Sorry. I'm just, uh, it just sucks that uh, a musician like that, you know, unfortunately doesn't exist anymore. Sorry. The, the story they say at the, oh, well, yeah, I, I thought you were responding to their reaction, not his. No, it just sucks passing. that. Yeah. 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 This I'm is not a two huge years fan, before. But- two years before he'll pass and nobody was more <laughs> prominent or, you know, already at this point becoming like the, the most popular musicians on the, the grunge scene yep. than Nirvana. And according to the story that they tell in that video, they asked them to be in the movie and they declined. Yep. I read and that. They, and they heard that like, it wasn't a movie about, rock and roll or music it was about love which is totally accurate it it's really just, is it's, yeah it's, yeah and that's and i guess if that's like not something they were interested in if all they were interested in was the music sure. then good for them as well like that's it's fine either way yeah i mean so. i i don't think that they their uh their careers got uh no <laughs> were impacted by not being in this film <laughs> and obviously it didn't it didn't tank the careers of pearl jam or allison chains but yeah. It is interesting, like uh, so much of Nirvana's mystique was being too cool to go mainstream and, you know, like kind of defining that archetype of the band, not selling out, not being commercial and being in this movie would have totally been uh, counter to that image. So maybe they made the right choice in that respect. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, do you have the box office report up? I do. Do you want to okay. hear it? Yeah. What's happening? All right. So the box office. Um, sorry, I've got to, I got to fiddle around with this newspaper because uh, okay. you yeah. know we're dealing with that. So, um, <laughs> what do you want to know? <laughs> How'd this movie do? Is it number one? Is it in the top so, five? It is definitely in the top five. It's not number one. It's not number two. It's not number four or number five. It's number three. Okay. A, lot so, of new, a lot of new movies came out. So the ones that are highlighted yeah. are all new. So, you know, we could have seen Captain Ron. Um, we could have seen School Ties. Uh, but this one kind of fits in the middle of that. Um, so this one grossed four million. Yeah. Four, yeah. Yeah, it was in. Uh, yeah, what else do you want to know? Well, I, I I think I would I would assume that this is a pretty big success for the, the size and scale of the of the movie. 
so I'm looking at this newspaper and I can't tell like how much did they spend to make it? Like how much that did it cost to make? Yeah, good question. Let's see if I have that handy. It says the budget was nine million, and if it made four million in its opening weekend, actually it it would go okay, on to make eighteen point five. All right, so nice. So double it, it it doubled, and then I think this is the heyday of like Mark said, he rented it at, yeah, the, at the video it, store. It's it's certainly in the soundtrack. You know, people oh, purchasing yeah. the soundtracks even doesn't in. even factor. Yeah, exactly. So I wonder how they. And I actually would be very interested to read about the when you're using it's not an original score you're not composing music for the movie you're compiling stuff who makes if this made what became like a huge popular soundtrack like who's making the money from that I yeah i mean it depends on what contracts each artist yeah. <laughs> signed yeah exactly but but the soundtrack, yeah I'm so sure sold uh sold a ton of copies yeah so i mean it's doing good in week one yeah see i don't have any how does wikipedia not have any info became the bestseller three months before the release of the film see mark mark had mentioned that he had the 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 album before he even saw the the film so i wonder i don't think we have anything like that in present day where this can't the soundtrack came out on june 30th so a full Wow, three months before the movie was in theaters. <laughs> what better promotional tool than having people listening to the soundtrack, seeing the poster, basically a miniature version of the poster for months leading up to the movie coming out? Hmm. That's that's definitely not something that happens in present day. Yeah. So when we uh, make our, our, our film, we should you know release the soundtrack a couple months before good call good call (laughs) (laughs) all right what's next all right so what are we going to do next week drew where are we traveling okay (laughs) now back to our feature presentation new release or old news oh okay i'm jumping the gun new release (laughs) or old news drew um you go one. ahead you go ahead and start us off um i i i've got a very solid emotional answer Ooh, it, it's pretty easy to recommend that well new release See? i feel like this movie has some baggage because the soundtrack's reputation the second i brought it up to our friend oliver <laughs> if people have strong opinions on the music in the film they might be turned off by it it feels dated if you don't want something that feels very of its time, that's that's dealing with uh, archetypes oh, okay. of like the grunge coffee, like pre-hipster hipsters in Seattle, if you don't want to hang out with those type of people, mm-hmm. then it's not for you. But if if you're nostalgic for any of that, then absolutely a new release. I think I'm somewhere in the middle where I don't have any aversion or real nostalgia for it <laughs> and yet i still really enjoyed just the scenery and the universal aspects of what the characters are going through all right that's an acceptable answer okay <laughs> which one for you i mean you kind of touched on a couple of things that uh why this is a new release for sure i'm just gonna okay. summarize it like that a new release watch it if you don't like it well tell us that it's old news <laughs> okay yeah no i i i feel good recommending people watch this even mark like we said had a little bit of a different reaction to it if you have super strong memories of the time it might be a little hit or miss for you as well sure because the movie can't ever live up to your personal experience so <laughs> All sorts of landmines, but ultimately it's a pretty low stakes, easy watch. Yeah. Hangout watch. Yeah. All right. Well, this next question is going to be really interesting. All right. So where are we going next week? That's not the question. (laughs) (laughs) So how early 90s is this film from zero to 92? 
Um, we base this off of fashion, music, actors, tropes, etc. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Um, I think there. this, yeah, absolutely, it's up there. What we, do you, what do you think? We haven't had a we haven't had a really definitive. Ex- unlike when we started out in '82 and we had ET and Poltergeist and and things like that that were iconic. Twin Peaks, we gave a 75. Hellraiser 3 last week, Ashley and I gave an 83 because of the the campy horror horror elements. All right, that's a, For this that's one, a good score. This one, we've used the word time capsule throughout, and we've talked about the music throughout, and we've talked about the fashion and the setting. I mean, it is it's fucking transportative. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be hard to beat on realism factor well i don't know if realism is the right word but like realistic capturing of a time period we might have some more exaggerated examples coming up where they're we're more nostalgic for them especially next week but yeah. this one is it's it's up there for sure it's just it's just exists like it's a product of its time the characters so. are existing in the 1992 or what, you know, yeah, 1990s version of Seattle with, yep. with all the bands, with all the fashion, et cetera. This is definitely up there. Um, I'm going to, I don't know. I'm going to say this is, uh, I don't want to say 92. I can't. No, I'd say 90. All right. It's yeah, this definitely beats everything we've seen so far. Yeah, and I mean it it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be hard to beat. Next week might be the best chance we have. We'll see. But it's yeah, it's like if you were building a time capsule for this year, <laughs> you would probably put this movie in there. If you want to show the range of things, like again, like Hellraiser three isn't aside from you not a typical experience for people in 1992, but yeah, it's a cinematic experience that represents 92. <laughs> this is trying to emulate. Yes. You know, with, with having some fun with tropes and stuff, trying to emulate what the energy was in the time period and does yeah, a damn ex- good job. Exactly. You've said it very fucking good. Well, and Thanks. 90, it gets, Okay. So that is at the top. So singles with 90, Twin Peaks, Fire Walk With Me is not the next one. Nope. Se- we have 75, one more. Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth is 80, 83. Um, so yeah, this this uh, tops our nine, how early 90s charts we've got. Sure does. We have one more, <laughs> one more topic before we reveal the movie we keep teasing for next week. Okay, t- oh, so yeah. you know the what Chiefs, time it is. The, the Chiefs hats are rolling in. Where are all the Chargers? Where's all the Chargers gear? Yeah, I'm going to definitely go to the bar. I see Steve in case you know. So um, what are we watching next week? <laughs> so uh, for the new release gift shop, we are, I think the obvious answer is the new release soundtrack. We've got to oh, compile shit. our greatest hits okay. and put them out on cassette, vinyl, compact disc, mm-hmm. any any format that you could get Laser your hands on in 1992. Sure. That's a video format. Okay. Um, what what's our main what's what's our our single? Well, we've got our we've got our theme songs for each time period we've been in. Doodly do do do. We've got Ashley's beat release. poetry. Yeah. All right. Gonna compile her poetry. Yeah, exactly with that noise you just made. <laughs> just all of Derek's noises. <laughs> as long as I don't have to be on it, because no, you're enough. definitely on it. Sorry. Um <laughs> all right. We'll get the limited right. edition so new, release new release soundtrack. soundtrack. Okay. Well, well, I oh. don't need to set up this next movie that we're watching next week. You, you can just play the trailer and then we can ride off into the sunset. And we are going to have a special motherfucking guest for this episode. And we've been waiting a year plus for this. So yep. um, we will absolutely uh, plug their podcast 
in post. Beep. The handsome hockey podcast. Yes. Thank you. Um, next week is the motherfucking blank. From Walt Disney Pictures, they were a disaster on the ice. I'm really looking forward what to this. What they needed was a miracle. Anybody could beat these pansies. What they got was Gordon Bombay. You think losing is funny? Well, not at first, <laughs> but once you get the hang of it. And together, they'll prove that it doesn't matter if you win or lose. How many fingers am I holding up? You wouldn't know that anyway. It's how you play the game. You almost hit me that time. But you're the goalie. It's supposed to hit you. That sounds stupid to anyone else. The Mighty Ducks rated PG parental guidance suggested. Now playing at a theater near you. Not overshadowing this episode, but man, next week is going to be a fucking puck. I was going to say a ball, but yeah, they're dropping the F-bomb a lot and setting up this family <laughs> family flick. <laughs> <laughs> motherfucking special guest, motherfucking hockey action. Sorry, I like the cuts. Here we go. Um, All right. The mighty D's are flying into your V <laughs> next week. <laughs> if, if you want to join us for that formation and uh, follow along for the rest of the fall season in 1992, then you should subscribe to the podcast by searching new release on Spotify or Apple or anywhere else you get podcasts. Derek. If you are on Instagram, you can also follow us at new release podcast. Um, Ashley quits. We did update it. Okay. Thanks, Ashley. All right. Um, that's a motherfucking craft single. No. <laughs> Perfect. I don't know. Yeah. Just that's a motherfucking rap, baby. Say cheese. All right. I lost my fucking <laughs> outro music. Crushing it. It's definitely not it. What did I decide on? I don't know. Let's just do Smashing Pumpkins. I mean, that's what's up. All right. Perfect. <laughs>